0: Hello podcast world. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not Podcast. We're so glad you're listening. And what was the episode number, Jill? Episode number 30. Yay! And our guest today
1: is one of the sweetest people you will ever meet in your life. Her name is Jenny McKean, and she is a personal friend of both of ours at church, and we've known her for years. Uh, She and her husband, Joe, actually started their ministry at First Baptist Church Owasso one week before my husband and I came and Chris accepted the position of senior pastor. That was April of 2012. So it's a fun bond that I share that Jenny and I have both stepped into that role of pastor's wives at the same church for this
0: amount of special years. And she is a wonderful person. Jenny's a um, minister's wife and a teacher, and she's three kids, and she is going to talk about depression and fear and how crippling that can be at times, and she's so transparent and honest about what this looks like, So, and it affects so many people. I love how Jenny shares what she has been through in
1: the hope that it helps someone else. That's really the heart of this Podcast. One of the verses that Jill and I started out praying over a long time ago, a year ago, is Proverbs 31, 26, which says, She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. And I think that in this episode today, Jenny really does speak with wisdom and give faithful instruction. She talks about what God has done in her life and how he has brought her through some hard times. And it's really moving and
0: sweet to hear. So, listen. Jenny, thanks so much for coming. Thank you. Thank welcome. you for having me. <laughs>
1: welcome, welcome. We're so glad you're here. So happy that you're going to share your story with us, with our listeners. We think that you are a really a great example of a godly woman with a sweet, gentle spirit. And so, it's really Thank exciting you. that you're <laughs> opening this door because. Maybe it's not your comfort zone, so we just to say thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you
2: so much for having me. It is definitely a little bit out of my comfort zone, but that's okay. I'm here to do it,
1: so. Fantastic.
0: All right, so tell our listeners a little, I mean, we know all about you, but tell our listeners a little about you. Okay. okay. Well, um, I grew up in a small
2: town, and um, I graduated with about 40 people, so it's a very small community. I bet um, you knew
1: every person in you your school. You
2: do. You do um, know almost everybody. My parents were educators there also, and so you really get to know everybody. And um, uh, they were farmers, and my dad was a coach, and I just had a very blessed um, home life. My parents um, loved each other and were very committed, um, they were in church. Um, every time the doors were open, and mm-hmm. they were committed to their to the church body. Um I have a brother and a sister. And um, like I said, my dad was a coach, and so I played sports year round, um, basketball and softball. And so Are i you have, the oldest. I'm the middle child. Okay. And so uh, yes, and um, I have a love for competition. <laughs>
0: um,
1: was that a fun bond with your dad? Since you were a sports girl and he was the coach. Yes, it has been a very, very special
2: bond. And I I still miss it to these days. So it's been great. Um, Let's see. I met Joe uh, when we were in fourth grade. (laughs) What? Yes. That's so sweet. So, yes, we met at a summer camp. And um, I instantly um, was drawn to him. And um, we started uh, dating when we were in high school, and we dated for about five years, and then we got married, and we've been married for 15 years now. So, What a
1: sweet story. Oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you grew up together. That's adorable. Yeah.
2: He was actually from a town about 30 miles away, but we would see each other occasionally every, in the summertime.
0: So how'd so. you meet him? At, at church at camp. At church camp. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we met at church camp, and so... <gasps> we both met <clears> our <throat> husbands at church camp, That's too.
1: true. Yes. <laughs> an amazing thing to share. Isn't it kind of singular? I mean, really. kind of cool. It is.
2: (laughs) We have um, three kids. We have Jeremy, who's 11, and Jordan, she's 8, and Jude is 3. He's the life of the party.
1: I can't (laughs) believe he's 3. I know,
2: already. It's flown by. Flown by. Um, I teach kindergarten prep at Collinsville, and this is my fifth year to teach, second year there. And um, it's going really good. I love teaching. Um, God's just given me a passion for little ones since I was young. Um, he's put um, he put some very specific scripture in my heart uh, that I have uh, that has always been tender towards me. And so I thought I might just share that too. Yeah. Oh, of course.
1: Um,
2: it, in Matthew 19. Verses 13 and 14 it says, The people the then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. And Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. And so that's just been something that has just really given me a tender heart towards little ones. Yeah, so Jesus' I love, love for children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he does, then we should. And we can learn so much from them, too. So true. The faith of
0: a little child. Yeah, So, yeah. so kindergarten prep, is that like pre-K?
2: It is. It's, okay. um, it's similar to pre-K. It's also similar to kindergarten. It's like a stepping stone okay. to kindergarten. In between. Yeah. It's for kids that are... Uh, typically very young, leaving preschool, and so they might not be quite ready to go on to kindergarten um, for maturity reasons.
1: It's a great idea to have a helpful transition time for those kids that really need a little more adjustment before kindergarten.
2: It is. It's great. great. It gives them that growth year that they Mm -hmm. need to be more confident in themselves and to become a leader. So. It's great. I'm enjoying it.
1: Would you tell our listeners a fun fact about yourself? Yes. (laughs) Let's see.
2: Um, One fun fact that just came to my mind was when I was in high school, my dad was a teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was one of my teachers, and he taught a typing class. And I'm actually a really pretty quick typist, and I won competitions in high school. I won first Wait, place. They were in like a-
1: typing competitions. Mm-hmm. Yes, typing oh actually. Then no. and <laughs> listeners, yes. listeners, you got to get this because this some me. of you are so young that <laughs> you will not even know what we're talking about. Yeah, but we used to have classes where the rooms were filled with mm-hmm. machines that were not mm-hmm. computers. No, they were. <laughs> typewriters that you would click a button and you would hear a little (laughs) cha-ching
0: and you 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 had a book and you had to like look at the book and not look at the oh absolutely so you did competitions I did so keep
1: going with your story sorry
2: (laughs) oh that was basically it I just won first place in a competition in high school (laughs) and um you know when you go to the
1: colleges and do the little
2: uh competitions so
1: yeah wow (laughs) it's kind of cool to know you're an excellent typist
2: I enjoy okay, it still to this day. I kind of pride in it. It's <laughs>
1: like, awesome. Oh, fun. Um, well, um, I would love to hear about how your working with little ones has taught you lessons. What have you learned from those little children? What have you learned as you've gone to work every day and had those moments of relying on the Lord or just struggling through some moments that might have happened or... Well, I think
2: one of the, I don't know if it's this is something that I've learned, but two things that I take from them a lot is that one, they are so tender to the name Jesus. And so mm-hmm. it never fails that probably once a week Jesus is brought up in our class. And I love it. I love that about kids mm-hmm. that
1: they are
0: inquisitive. Inquisitive.
1: Yeah. And if they bring up Jesus, then you can just that's right. have a Jesus moment. We do. I we love get to it. have
2: lots of Jesus moments yes. and I love to take that opportunity. So it's great. Another thing that I constantly think about them is that they are so quick to forgive. Mm. And that's just a model of how we should be to each other mm-hmm. as adults, even. They're so quick to forgive each other and to forgive me, even if I've done, you know, had a bad day. So um, those are some things that I have just take away almost daily with me.
0: That's, that's really all, good. That's really good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other fan facts? Um,
2: yes, well, when I was in high school, I, like I said, I played sports year-round, and I was named... Uh, an all-stater in softball.
0: Awesome. Yeah.
2: So I loved playing softball. It was um, something I did from when I was about six years old on with my dad, mm-hmm. and so it was very special. But also that same year, I was um, also named homecoming queen for football.
1: Banner so, year. <laughs> yeah.
2: It was Aww. a fun year. It was definitely um, my friends and classmates were definitely good to me. They Aww. they. They were very, very So sweet. Was generous. Joe right there to cheer for you? He was. Because he was, was already, you were dating him right. already. We were dating. That was our second year to be dating. And I would love there. to see a
1: picture of you two as little oh, babies. Oh, that well, would be 16-year-old cuties. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, we,
0: <we've>, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we
0: changed a little bit. <laughs> so, so how many years have you guys been together now? Like um, from when you were dating? mm mm-hmm. uh, 20 years, because we've been married 15. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we dated five.
2: And so he is a gift to me. Mm -hmm. You are
1: so good together. You are such a complement to each other. I see the Lord doing so many beautiful things through the ways that you're both strong in different areas. It's pretty neat to see
0: that. And you've been a youth pastor's wife? I have, yes.
2: I knew that I was going to be a youth pastor's wife when I um, married him. So I knew he had a calling on his heart. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it was not going to be easy Um, but, um, I was willing to step into that role and just see what God did. And, and so,
0: and he's not in youth ministry anymore. So tell us what kind of what he does.
2: Yeah. He, um, has moved into a worship role and so he has a passion for both, but he definitely is gifted, I believe in, in leading worship and he just loves leading people to the throne. Um, so
0: he yeah. he's a great musician. Oh
2: you? yes, he is. Thank yes. you. Sean loves playing with him. Oh, he loves <laughs> he loves having Sean play with him
0: so. and Quinn
2: grew up and with Quinn him. and Aiden. Yeah, and Aiden. all it's your right. whole family <laughs> yeah. so,
1: and you. I think a couple of times. A couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> so what you know? Of course, our our podcast is called "Afraid Not," and we like that title because we. We enjoy the play on words. So many times we are afraid of things. And so we want to not be afraid to share our stories Mm -hmm. and to not be afraid to be real. And that's really what prompted Jill in the first place to start thinking and praying about this and then to prompt me to think and pray to join with her. And, And now we've been doing this for a year. But the play on words is also that because... Just like Colossians 121 says, he holds all things together. Mm -hmm. In him, all things hold together. Even when things get very frayed, and we just think the rope's going to snap, it still is held together because of him. That's right. So I was wondering if you would share a time in your life that was a time where things got frayed and God came through for you. I would love to. I would love
2: to. Um, For me, it started when I was... Um, a child, and I've always struggled with fear, and my parents were very committed, like I said earlier, to each other and to the Lord, and I had a a safe, loving home, Um, a good relationship with my siblings, but I always struggled with fear. I was afraid that my parents were going to get a divorce constantly or that they weren't going to come home when they left um, to go somewhere.
1: Did you get afraid of, like, car wrecks or things like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
2: I was very much afraid of car accidents and um, losing a sibling. Um, so I struggled with it early mm-hmm. on. And I know that kids probably struggle with it, but I think it was a little bit of a an abnormal or a different More than a normal thing, fear. More than a, norm, mm-hmm. a normal fear. And um, my mom knew it. She recognized it. And uh, But as I grew... Um, it continued to get worse and thankfully she was there that at a young age she already began to pour scripture into my life so um i sought the lord even in high school and but i still really really struggled with it and um it grew into a struggle to please others and always the fear of always disappointing Disappointing, um, whether it was my teammates or my coach or um, friends and parents. I did not want to disappoint my parents. Um, And it really hit hard when I started struggling with um, disappointing the Lord. And so I was always fearful I was doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, couldn't live up to that. Um, When I went to college, um, that was a a change in my life as well. I had gone from, you know, playing that life of sports and having that safety net of home and family to leaving for college and staying in the dorms. And where did you go? I went to UCO in Edmond.
1: Oh, great. That's where my son yeah, is yeah. Now. yeah. Yeah. So it's about, it two was a about couple hours away. two and a half mm-hmm. hours
2: away or so. And, and so, um, being very close to my parents, that was very difficult. And right off the back, it got um, worse because I, within a couple of weeks, I got a phone call that my grandfather had passed away and he was mm-hmm. probably the first closest lost to me. So I was dealing with that with moving into dorms and, you know, trying to become an adult. And then it wasn't two weeks later and, the World Trade Center happened, and yeah, so um, that came crashing down on everybody. Right. And when you're away from your safety net, um, I was very, very scared, and I, as everyone was. And then about a couple of weeks in, I had an emergency appendectomy. From that point on, and so my freshman wow. year was a, <sighs> a rough start. <laughs>
1: yeah. Sounds it a like rough it.
2: Starts. Oh. So I think um, just that struggle with. Um, not not knowing what was going to happen, and turning here and there, and you just see a lot of tragedy. Mm-hmm. And I was beginning to become very down and very low.
0: Did you have panic attacks?
2: Um, I didn't really have panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was just in extremely sadness, and I just did not have any peace.
1: Mm-hmm. I was.
2: I think it mine was. A a physical battle, but I think a lot of it was a spiritual battle at right. that time.
1: Did you yes. hold it in, or did you tell people about this? How fear was gripping you?
2: No, I held it in. I um, I felt ashamed, you know, and I didn't. I I felt like I had no reason to to deal with that because of how I mean I had so many blessings in my life. Why was I struggling with this? So I did. I held it in, and and I think that that was part of um, the continuation from that point on. That it took a long time to start healing. We um, after after well before college ended, I Joe and I got married. And did he go to UCO also? Uh, he did for a couple of years, but he ended up um, wanting to get more of a full-time job to be able to take care of a wife. And so he transferred to Southeastern in Durant. And when we got married, I transferred to East Central in Ada and finished there.
0: So yours did yours turn more into depression then and, and instead of anxiety, would you say? I would say mine was
2: more depression than anxiety. And I think at that point, um, I was already starting to suffer from it. Um, But I didn't recognize it. And when you go through it, you don't really recognize it. And you don't know that you are.
0: So I feel like a lot of our listeners may really be able to identify with this. I mean, just being a counselor and talking to kids all day and stuff, there's a lot of people that are dealing with anxiety, dealing with depression, so when did that kind of really, when did you notice it, or did other people, or how did that kind of come about?
2: When I was pregnant with Jeremy, my oldest, um, we, my sister-in-law and I were, found out we were pregnant at the same time. So and, fun. Yes. It was a, an exciting time, and she ended up having uh, my little nephew, early, and he passed away after a few days and to so watch far. so sad to watch them walk through that was just very difficult and uh, but she was so strong i was carrying jeremy i was about 3 weeks out from having him when that happened and so
0: so that would create some anxiety i yeah.
2: started having some very low lows. And then alongside that, I was um, dealing with my, my husband's family had lost a child uh, when he was young, a high schooler. And so that was kind of resurfacing in my life. And I knew I was going to have this baby boy and I was going to name him after him. And and I just began to get very, very fearful of bringing a baby into the world. And when I had him, I was very fearful to let anyone touch him. I didn't want to take him to church. I, I was scared to death. And it, that was the point when I think I was really starting to deal with depression and postpartum depression.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is such a real thing,
2: which yes. is yes, and it's so physical and it's also right. it was also very spiritual for me too. I think it was both that I was dealing with at that time
0: okay, talk about the spiritual side of it a little bit how, how did how did you know that it was more spiritual with, than than physical sometimes
2: Well, I do think that it was physical for a long time mm-hmm. i I never sought help physically and so that was one thing that I could have confessed and gotten some help with a little more quickly, but it wasn't um, after about 18 months, when he was 18 months old, that my mom um, said, I think there's something a little bit more going on wrong.
0: Than just baby blues? Mm,
2: than just, yeah, well, she was, she was actually pointing at baby blues. Um, but I think there was just a lot of both of that going on right
1: then. I'm glad that your mom lovingly mm-hmm. stepped in to help and say, this is what I see. Mm-hmm. And listeners, there may be someone in your life who has lovingly stepped in to, to help. And, you know, that's really a gift, and it's sometimes a hard gift to take, but it's a good gift when someone loves you enough to jump in and help mm-hmm. you and to tell you what they see.
0: How did you take she that when she said that?
1: I was
2: very caught off guard because I just had never even considered that, and the more I thought about it, the more I realized, oh my goodness, yes, this is what this is, and so she's been my Mm go-to, and my husband also, to help um, me walk through that. And what I asked. What some of the things
1: that helped you?
2: Well, I didn't seek help still for, until after I had my second um, born, Jordan. And uh, the first thing that helped me was my mom again. She was with me and she actually um, stepped in and, and asked for some help with the physical side of it. She told my doctor for me because I couldn't do it. And so she. She's a wise mama. Yeah. She's a gift for
1: sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Um so I did get some help physically starting mm-hmm. off. Um, but I knew it was a spiritual battle too. And and during all this time, one thing that I that I always tried to do was I always tried to stay in the word. And there were so many times that I did not feel like I was getting anything or that I, I felt very alone and that like, I was still disappointing the Lord, um, but I, I hung in it. And, um, and then I had my helpmate, too. And he, he when he finally um, recognized it, he was just so um, willing to help me combat those moments right. and helped pour in Scripture to me or pray for me.
1: I'm sure that is so healthy that you were able to share that with your husband. Very healthy. And if you would have kept it all Mm -hmm. and said, no, no, I'm fine, I'm Mm -hmm. fine, and not shared those things with him, then the times that those helpful times he prayed over you, the helpful times that you talked with him, that you wouldn't have had that. So we just want to, again, encourage those of you Mm -hmm. listening, we know that there are many people that identify, and you've been there. Maybe you're there today. Mm-hmm. And the the joy of having someone that you can be Trust. vulnerable with mm-hmm. and, and share those real feelings, that's a gift from God. And we encourage you to accept that gift.
0: It's important to listen to the people around you because, like you said, sometimes you don't see it when you're right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But other people might say, you know, something's off with you, are you okay, Mm -hmm. something seems different, and you need to kind of make sure you're listening to those things. Because, I mean, for me, when I was going through depression, too, my husband was the first one that was like, something's not right. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of have to learn and be vulnerable enough to take that in and humble enough to go, yeah, you're right, something's off.
2: Yeah, it was very hard at first. And then as I began to recognize some of those moments, that confession that God talks about in His Word— I think um, when I would confess, when I would open up and share that, almost like confessing my sin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sharing it with my husband, it was like God would lift a weight of fear off of my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why He gives us each other in Love such it. an important um, part of marriage mm-hmm. and, and even just a close, godly
1: friendship. Yeah. True. I do want to clarify something that in case anyone listening is thinking, I'm dealing with this thing, these same things, these same thoughts and struggles, and I really believe that going through these things is not sinful. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that's just something like you have to recognize that you're struggling with it, just like someone needs to recognize if they have a sprained ankle. Right. Right. You can't wish the sprained ankle away. You have to ice it, take care of it, and treat it, or it will not get better. And so I think that for someone dealing with depression, it is not sinful for you to be in a time of sadness. It's just so helpful for you to physically and verbally admit it to someone that that loves you, that maybe a counselor, a friend, a husband. But just to make sure that we clarify, we're not saying in this talk, that you better confess that sin. What we're saying is, no, no, confess how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And of course, if there is sin in your life, that is a really important thing to, to bring to the Lord because there's so much peace in cleansing and forgiveness. And we all the biggest problem all of us have is, is our own sin. It's right. so the biggest problem I will ever have is my own sin. But I don't think that depression is a sin, though. Please.
0: But I do think there's such a stigma, even in the church, with there depression, is. anxiety, wish mental wasn't. illness, mm-hmm. where we feel like we have to act like we have it all together mm-hmm. and we're so spiritual. and right. That's just, to me, that's not biblical. The church should be a place where we can just come and say, you know what, I'm struggling with this and I need somebody to help me. And to reach out
1: and say, can we pray? Can you pray for me? <laughs> There's something really precious about having a friend pray for you,
0: you know. So, was there besides Joe and your mom, were there anybody? Was there anybody else kind of around you or in your life that kind of any friends that saw anything? Um, I had a moment that I feel
2: that God gave me, and there was a pastor and his wife that Joe and I ended up sitting down with, and we didn't, we weren't around them often. But for one reason or another, we got to sharing a little bit more on a deeper level, and she shared with me that she had struggled with depression and the same thing. Mm-hmm. And being a minister's wife, that spoke huge to me because I'm sure I thought there's no other minister's wife that deals with this. What is wrong with me? And um, but she shared that she did, and she. Um, she had given um, me some advice because I had started on some medication to help with the, the physical battle of mm-hmm. it. Right. And um, she said, look at it as the way God provided the ram in the thicket. God has provided this for you, is what she shared with me. And so I could look at that as... It was a gift from him to help me mm-hmm. start walking through this and um, facing this and that he didn't condemn me at all right he, that he loved me yes. and it was gonna be okay
0: you know when I after I had my son and I was in getting my master's degree for counseling. And I was going through a depression, and I went to the doctor, and I said, I can't go on medication. I'm going to be a counselor. Like, I have to have it all together is basically what I was thinking. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, you're superwoman now? Like, that doesn't mean anything. And I was like, okay. So, yeah, I had to do the same thing. But somebody had to tell me, that's okay. You don't have to have it all together. That's what I needed. And at that moment, I
2: just feel like God gave me that moment with her.
0: Such a God moment. Yeah.
2: And
1: you didn't see that coming. No,
2: not at all. Right. Not he just all. gave that gift to you. And I haven't seen her since. So wow. So she doesn't know how far that that's gone, and it's been years.
0: So So she just kind of showed up. Yeah. God just kind of brought her to you yeah. for that one thing. That's, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's very cool.
2: Um, the turning point for me um, with God also helping me fight this battle is what it really comes down to. Um, I was just so crippled Mm -hmm. with fear and worry. Um, He used a passage that a, a preacher was preaching on when we had taken a group of students to a youth conference. And it was in Second Chronicles. And at this point, I was I was very, very down, and I cried a lot and i I had no energy. I wanted to sleep a lot um but this the scripture was in second chronicles, and that's a a book that I haven't really studied often <laughs> and um it just um he let me just share it with, share it with you thirty two verses seven and eight um Hezekiah the king ha- was fixing to be attacked by an army. And so he gathered the people together, and he was going to encourage them with these words. And he said, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast arm with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. With him only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, had said. And so at that moment, I just felt like the Lord was saying to me that this battle of fear, Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you walk through it. Amen. (laughs) And not just that, but I've already overcome it. Mm -hmm. And so I can let go of it all.
0: Um, And that was your turning point?
2: that That was a huge turning point for me. And there have been moments still that I still struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a, a very big moment in my life where I really tried to just say, Lord, I can't do this. This is yours. And I can trust you.
1: Yeah. And where was it. that found again?
0: Second Chronicles 32, 7 and 8. That's a
1: great passage. I love that story.
0: So how did you get past? Did you ever get kind of past the whole feeling like God was disappointed? Um, I think
2: that in time Mm -hmm. that he has helped me, um, take steps of learning more about who he is and that he sees me of worth and of value
0: and that
2: he can give me peace from even that.
0: Yeah. So you don't feel like that anymore? that He's disappointed. Um... Do you know Not where that came a, from? Like, does it come from something you grew up with, feeling like God was disappointed? I don't know where that
2: comes from, except that part of my personality is I'm a I'm a perfectionist, and I'm a perfectionist on myself, mm-hmm. and so I think that that's probably where it comes from a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just that and tendency you know, to
1: we have an enemy. To please. Right. We have an enemy mm-hmm. who who sees us and of course he strikes us in our weakness. Right. Right. So maybe since the young memories that you have this was one of Satan's attacks yeah. to come at you. It definitely was. And you know, if you're as a listener if you're listening to this and you've been feeling like I'm not enough, I don't know if God will ever love me. I'm just not worthy. We just want you to know that that is Satan Mm -hmm. telling you those lies, and he is the father of lies. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that God says that you are his, Mm -hmm. and that he has you engraved on the palm of his hand, and he loves you with an everlasting love, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Mm -hmm. So that's the truth. And the other one, you Mm -hmm. kick that one out the door. That's right. (laughs) That's exactly right.
2: Right. That's exactly right, and I think that that's exactly how I combat those those flaming arrows is with Scripture and with God's Word.
0: Absolutely, so. yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to share or any tips for people, maybe, if they're struggling with depression? What or maybe? favorite
1: Scriptures that you recommend?
0: Well,
2: I just had um, uh, the Prince of Peace is what as I was preparing to share this, the, that phrase just kept coming to my mind. And so I have the scripture marked um, and being right here before Christmas, I just thought it was very, very God's timing. And it says in Isaiah 9:6, for to us, a child is born to us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Mm. And as I read that, it not only spoke to me about him being the Prince of Peace, but he's my counselor through all of this. That's right. His and not word, just any
1: counselor. He's a wonderful right. counselor. <laughs> right. And yeah. his word is, is just
2: so sweet and what helps me face each day.
0: Mm-hmm. That's perfect.
1: That's right.
0: Thanks so much, Jenny.
1: Thanks, I know Jenny. this wasn't easy. <laughs> you shared your heart. Wow. You shared your vulnerable things that hopefully are someone is listening and saying that's exactly what I needed I hope today. So. I hope so. They are not alone for that's sure. Right. That's right. We are in this
0: together. <laughs> All Thank right. you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: We're so thankful that Jenny came on Afraid Not, and we're just appreciative that she was so open to share with us some things that have been really moving in her life that God has done, and you know, Colossians 1, 17, which says, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together, really shows what Afraid Not is all about. God really does hold it all together. And by the way, listeners, in case you were listening closely to earlier in the episode when I said Colossians 19, and maybe you picked up your ears and thought, "Hmm, is that a verse to cross stitch on a pillow?" Actually, well, maybe not, maybe not, because it talks about how our evil behavior uh, makes us enemies from God. So, uh, <laughs> good verse, but maybe maybe, maybe not cross stitch on the pillow. But Colossians one seventeen is a real rock to stand on now. and not that all of her scriptures not, but Colossians 1.17 is the verse I was trying to refer to and hope that you are encouraged by that today
0: and I just wanted to re-quote since we're so close right here at Christmas time and she was so great to talk about him being the Prince of Peace and Isaiah 9.6 does say, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So, I just wanted to end on that note. Also, make sure you please go on and rate re- and review and subscribe. It helps other people find us when you rate and review on our Apple iTunes. We're, gonna, we're also on SoundCloud. And so, I hope to see you again in a few weeks. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas.